God bless you. Good to have everybody here. You are here for a first. Amen. In, uh, yeah, yeah. In uh, 37 years of ministry, this is the first time me and this hot chick have uh, ever preached together and uh, done a service together, so we're excited about that and excited for what the Lord has for us today and uh, to share with you, and so we're looking forward to this. And uh, the Lord laid it on our heart just uh, going into the summer that it'd be great to uh, just do a series. You guys feel like you're 50 miles away. I'm praying that the devil will be cast out of the fear of the front row. Amen. People are just afraid, huh? It's cold up there. It does. Uh, all right. Well, Lord bless you. Just stay in your religious spot. It'll help you a lot. Amen. Oh, God. Now I'm teasing you. Amen. Hallelujah. Oh, look at brave people. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen. God is so good. Well, we've been talking about building healthy relationships and uh, in putting this together um, and working on this, we just got to this one area and, and really in praying about this, going through this, this session, um, the Lord began to speak to me about this one specific area. And that area is in unmet expectations. And so this morning we're going to touch on that, and Lord willing, we'll get through it. If not, uh, we're going to come back and uh, have another session on this. But uh, we began the year talking about intentional transformation. And uh, the word intentional is just defined as done on purpose or deliberately. And how many know if you're going to have to have a good relationship, it's going to have to be done intentionally? Relationships don't happen by accident. Amen? They just don't happen by accident. Good relationships happen on purpose or they happen intentionally. And so it's so important that we understand that. And then there's a big difference between expectations and reality. Agreed? Big difference between what we expect and what really happens in life. So let's dive into this this morning. I want you to hear this. The only person you can change in a relationship is ourselves. The only person we can change in a relationship is ourselves. Can't change anybody else. As much as we want to change another person, regardless whether it's your boss, regardless whether it's a friend, regardless whether it's your spouse, the only person you can work on to change is yourself. Now, you can come alongside and help people, but you can't affect a change in somebody else. Amen. Even when we're praying, a lot of times people pray, and it's almost borderlines witchcraft because we're praying to control people. It's a good place to say amen, but it just uh, <laughs> happens there anyway. So to expect to, you need to hear this this morning. The, the Lord gave me this. This was the first thing he gave me when we started dealing with un, unmet expectation with this first statement. To expect to change another in order to meet our expectations and desires is to devalue the uniqueness of their individuality and gifting and to deprive ourselves of the blessing and benefit of what they truly have to offer. So when we don't realize the gifts and the abilities inside of somebody else, we're only depriving ourselves of what they have to offer. Amen? 
Jesus came, and in Luke chapter 4, we have a lot to share with you this morning, so I won't read this passage, but Jesus comes back from the wilderness. He goes to church. He opens a book. He begins to read in Luke chapter 4 from the book of Isaiah, where it was saying, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, and he reads that passage of Scripture, and he is anointing me, and what he's anointing me to do, and then he closed the book and said, today this Scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Amen? And that so upset the people, and what happened in the life of Christ is just this. Look at this. Enraged by jealousy and unmet expectations of what they feel the Messiah should be, the town attempts to throw Jesus down from a cliff and then stone him, and he miraculously escapes. So people, even when it comes to our relationship with God, over the years of our pastoring, we get people just get mad at God because God didn't answer their prayers the way they expected him to. And so they have unmet expectations in their perception of how faith works, how God works in our life. So even when it comes to God, now think about this. Here is Christ there. He just said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He's anointed me to heal the sick, to, to deliver the broken, to do all these great things through the anointing. And they get mad because he's not turned out to be the Messiah they want. Do you really understand why they crucified him? Because he wasn't meeting their expectation. That's not the Messiah. We have other expectations. And so who lost out? The people lost out. Amen? And so it's so important for us to see. One of the major reasons marriages end in divorce and relationships on every level fall apart is mainly because of the one thing, of one thing, unmet expectations. There are many surface symptoms that reveal the silent killer at work. It shows up in areas of our communication, sexual relations, and finances, and many other areas of our relationships as well. We all have seen and experienced the pain and frustration that plays out from having unmet expectations, not just in marriage, but in all relationships. It's a deadly venom. Hear this. It's a deadly venom that flows to the heart and wreaks havoc in all relationships. Unmet expectations is a deadly venom that flows to the heart and wreaks havoc in all relationships. In the home, in the church, and on the job. The number one reason people get frustrated with church is because the church isn't living up to their expectations. Amen. I'll be, it happens on a regular basis. Amen. We had somebody last week tell us they're leaving the church because we're not meeting their expectations. Amen. God bless you. Amen. Happens all the time. Amen. Because we have a preconceived idea of what the church is supposed to be. You know what the church is? The church is what we come together and make it together. Are you doing all right? And so, even like yesterday, look at what we did. We just come together. Our only expectation through the Lord's Gym Backpack Giveaway is to bless people. And look at the amazing thing that happens when we just have a common expectation. We do amazing good. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. So, think about this. Having unmet expectations is not just a marriage problem. It is a life problem. Okay? Not just marriage, so this morning we'll touch on marriage in other areas, but expectations is in every level. People get a job, it was going to be their dream job. I had a family member, and that person would get a job, and the first six months he was on that job, it was the best job in the world. But by the end of six months, the boss was stupid, everybody there was stupid, and he was the only intelligent one there. Amen. And then transfer out, then change job, change job, change job, change job because of unmet expectations. Are you listening to me? 
So it happens in that area just as well. And so this quote is so good. It says, expectation is the mother of all frustration. Could you just agree this morning? Amen. The youth were challenging me, teasing me yesterday because I asked for too many amens. Look inside your outline. In 1983, I heard Bill Gothard teach in a basic youth conflict conference on the three root causes of problems in relationships and life in general. And they were this. Number one, moral impurity. Then no clear goals. And so we have a lot of surface symptoms in our life. We see a lot of issues. But surface symptoms only indicate that there's a root cause. And if you just deal with the surface symptoms, you never remove the problem. So you have to get to the root cause. How many know it's good that Roundup goes to the root? Because if you just cut it off and don't kill the root, the symptom's going to come back. And then, but bitterness and resentment was the third one. And bitterness and resentment flow from the offenses that stem from unmet expectations. When somebody doesn't meet my expectations, I get offended at them. The longer I carry that offense, it turns into bitterness. And then that bitterness turns into resentment. Amen. And that's a killer for relationships. James chapter 4 verses 1 and 2 reads like this. What causes fights and quarrels among you? Do they not come from your desires that battle within you? So when it comes to relationships, we all have desires. But it comes down when we find out the reason having Christ in your life first and foremost, <clears throat> the only one who can really meet and satisfy your desires and for your desires to be fulfilled is to get those through your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. When God says that he will give us the desires of our heart. Are you listening to me? It's important to understand that God not only gives us our desire, but he also reshapes our desires so they're in line with his truth. So that we have godly desires, not perverted desire. How many know the world gives us perverted desire? And we want those desires fulfilled, and then we're expecting somebody outside of us to fulfill those desires. Then we have this war, and we have these fights and quarrels that go on amongst us. So what it means is, is that you want something, but don't get it. So what James has said, you want something, but you didn't get it, so now you're frustrated in this area of expectation. And so that's just a pretty simple explanation. So think about it. Expectation causes us to focus on flaws and those who are not meeting our expectations instead of focusing on their strength that can really add value to our life. Every person that you're in relationship with has value to add to your life through their gifting. Amen? And so we need to focus on that. It doesn't matter whether you're single, married, working, unemployed, old, young, or I left a blank there for you to fill it in. It doesn't matter. You take any category, any area, unmet expectations are destroyers. Because having unmet expectations is lethal to everyone. Say this with me. No one is immune. Nobody in this room, nobody you will ever meet, nobody in line. How you, you can even, kids start growing up. Why do kids get frustrated with their parents? Because we're not meeting their expectations. They hear about what somebody else has, somebody else got, Billy got this for his birthday, Bobby got that, Betty Sue got this, whatever, and mom, their parents take that. They go here, they go there. You're not meeting my expectations. They get frustrated. What happens? You have turmoil in the house. All right, I must be preaching real good this morning. Praise the Lord. So having unmet expectations is lethal to everyone. No one is immune. We must all be honest enough to admit them and to expose them and remove them from our relationship if we desire for those relationships to survive. But hear me this morning. If you are right, no one can help and nothing will change. 
If you're right, if your perception of relationship, if your perception of your expectations upon other people, if you're right in your own perception, nothing is going to change and nobody can help you. Amen? And so that's an area that we have to understand. And so this little picture says this. It says, uncommunicated expectations will kill your relationship. If we just don't talk. So many times people never communicate their expectation. So as a result, those things become a frustration, an underlying frustration. Amen? And so the thing with expectations that we usually don't even realize we have them until they are not met. This is particularly true of newlyweds. Once you say I do and start living together on a daily basis, that's when issues begin to surface. Yet all too often we fail to even talk about them, leaving them unresolved and usually, uh, which, result, which usually result in conflict. Amen? My turn. Your turn, sweetheart. <laughs> so, uh, so how do you know if you're experiencing unmet expectations? One way is to take a note. If you find yourself getting angry, getting frustrated, getting disappointed on a regular basis, then you need to ask yourself, what are the expectations that are driving these negative emotions that I'm dealing with all the time? And after you have identified what some of those unmet expectations are, a first step can be discussion of your unmet expectations, which um, pastors already mentioned to discuss things. And we can't expect people to be mind readers. Sometimes we think this person should just know what I want. This should be common sense. I want them to get the trash out on time or whatever, but you need to talk about things. People aren't mind readers. And when you experience um, resentment and frustration, try sitting down with your spouse, your child, your employee, whoever it is that's frustrating you, and discussing your expectations. Now, in a perfect world, this would go quite well, but we have to be aware (coughs) that this discussion thing may not go the way you are envisioning it. If you're like me, you envision you're sitting down with the person and you explain to them your expectations and how they're not being met, and they see the error of their ways, and they apologize from the bottom of their heart. Yes, amen. And from that moment forward, this issue is never going to be a point of contention again. However... You may find that when you sit down to talk about your expectations that it opens the door for them to talk about their unmet expectations because, believe it or not, they probably have some too. So you have to be ready for a two-way conversation. It can't just be you sharing about your frustrations. It has to be a discussion together about your expectations for each other, whether or not they're realistic, and if they are realistic, how you can work together to fulfill them. You might need to compromise on some things. We put together this little list up here and a little chart, so we found this. It says, things that you must do to make me happy. (laughs) Yesterday, immediately, and from now on, and we made it real small on purpose because we didn't want any of you getting any ideas. (laughs) Okay? But then at the bottom, it says, please, pretty please, or else. And so many times, that's how people think. They have this list, this amazing list about everybody else, but then they have this concept about it. Go ahead, sweetheart. <laughs> you may think that you have very realistic expectations, and maybe you do, but your spouse might either totally disagree with you, or I, we're saying spouse a lot, but this applies to all relationships in life, you know, your, your neighbor, whoever. Um, yeah, I had a thing with my neighbor. I'm not going to talk about it, but <laughs> yes. The, some of you have heard the cat story, and yeah. my expectations it's were under not, the blood. We're not realistic. Yes, it's under the blood. Anyhow, 
You might think your expectations are very realistic. They may not agree with you at all. They may even try to turn things around and blame you for the way things are. So you have to be prepared for resistance. It's human nature to bristle up when we feel like we're being criticized or attacked. It's a normal reaction. It's called self-preservation. And the dictionary says that self-preservation is preservation of oneself from destruction or harm. You know, that, that's good. A natural or instinctive tendency to act so as to preserve one's own existence. You know, we're kind of born with wanting to preserve our existence. As Christians, we know that there's an old nature and a new nature, and sometimes the old nature wants to preserve their existence, and so we have to learn how to deal with that. But all I'm saying is it's normal for human beings not to just as our um, imagined scenario went, where they just agree with everything you're saying and they don't fuzz up at all. Uh, I was listening to a a pastor's wife doing some teaching the other day on the internet, and she was talking about self-awareness. And she said at their church, they pastor a large church, and they said that they're constantly giving their staff feedback, positive feedback, negative feedback. And at the end of the year, they do these big evaluations. And so they have these reviews, and the employees and the staff, they fill out, they answer all these questions, and then they sit down with each other, and they read their answers to each other. And she said that when your supervisor tells you something that you need to work on, your instinct reaction, many times, is going to be to make an excuse, to blame, to defend, or to deny. Have any of you ever experienced that? I have felt those emotions, and I've received those emotions from other people. She said that when you receive feedback that's hard to hear, it's normal for you in that moment to experience all of those things and to do all of those things. It's human. But here's the thing, when you get by yourself, you go home, whatever, and you're processing through it all, we need to, um, to ask ourselves, we need to take all that information and say, God, is that really true? Do I really do those things? And if you really still, f- you're just not seeing it and you feel like you don't do it, you need to ask God to show you if you're doing it and how you're doing it. Psalm 139, verses 23 and 24 in the Message Bible says, Investigate my life, O God. Find out everything about me. Cross-examine and test me. Get a clear picture of what I'm about. See for yourself whether I've done anything wrong, and then guide me on the road to eternal life. Amen. Now, this little picture says this. Christ invites us to lay down our unmet expectations, to value relationships over being right. I mean, no, that's just a great thought. That people are more important than being right. Amen? And to love better than we have been loved. And so it's so important that we understand that and then deal with that appropriately. So look at this. Looking into a relationship, or excuse me, um, sometimes our unrealistic expectations are, are necessarily not what we expect, not what people expect us to excuse me, necessarily what we expect them to do, like being romantic. These things aren't wrong. The unrealistic expectations that we expect our spouse or other people we're in relationship with to automatically know what our expectations are and to do them without us having to tell them or to communicate what we want. So what you're hearing, we're talking a lot about communication this morning. Amen? And so in dealing with that, it's just so important. We unrealistically expect people to read our mind and to know what we like with and want without being told. But how can we know that? How many know if you just go into a restaurant and sit down and the waiter or waitress walks up and says, Hey, 
uh, what would you like to eat? And you just look at them and go, you know. And then they go, okay, bring me what you think. And you go, bring me what you think I like. And they bring you what they look at you and think you like. And you would never eat it in a thousand years. But that's what we do in relationships. And we expect people to know what we like and what we want. And then to serve that to us in that relationship. So think about it. We have to communicate. This is a recipe for disaster and it results in unmet needs, wants, and disconnect, discontent. On top of that, we all must also must we also miss that maybe, just maybe, true love is being shown all along and that we have just been blind to it. It's easy to overlook the simple. We don't recognize the differences of love languages. Our unmet needs and expectations might just be being met after all. We just don't recognize the ways that they are being demonstrated or manifest. This quote says this. It says, the problem of unmet expectations in marriage is primarily the problem of stereotyping. Each and every human being on this planet is unique, is a unique person. Since marriage is inevitably a relationship between two unique people... One marriage between two unique people, excuse me, no one marriage is going to be exactly like the other. Yet we tend um, to wed with explicit visions of what a good marriage ought to be like, be like. Then we suffer enormously from trying to force the relationship to fit the stereotype and from the neurotic guilt and anger we experience when we fail to pull it off. That's good, huh? And so that's what happened. We get these expectations. Then we try to pull off this fantasy that just doesn't work. Amen. So we're talking about people being different. And when you're dealing with unmet expectations, it's helpful to understand that we as human beings are all different. And it's not wrong. The other, if the other person is different, it's not that they're wrong. It's just how God created them. And because of this, we express and we interpret love the way we express and interpret love is different. We tend to give love the way we prefer to receive love. And if you've ever heard of the five love languages, that's what they're all about. They, they say some people, their love language is words of affirmation or quality time or receiving gifts, acts of service, physical touch. If you've never heard of this, read about it. You don't even have to buy the book. Now you can read about stuff online. And it helps you express to your spouse with the things that are meaningful to you, your love language, and it helps you to understand maybe what their love languages are. And um, one of our kids, when he was little, was always hanging on, like he's always rubbing up against his coach, his sports coaches. And we were the only pastors that lived in the little town we pastored in, and the hobos would all come through and stop at our house, and we'd look out front, and he was just a little boy, and he'd be out there sitting on their laps. And we always just thought it was kind of weird that this kid was like this, but I, we never heard of love languages. Well, physical touch, I'm sure, must be one of his love languages, so it's interesting. Anyhow, there's four fundamental personality types as well, and I don't know, the, maybe the older folks in here like me have heard of these. I was talking to my daughter the other day. She's in her 30s. She's never heard of it, so I guess I'm old, but they talk about people that are sanguine, life of the party types, or choleric personality, take charge types, Melancholic, analytical, perfectionist types, 
and phlegmatic, relaxed, easygoing types. And it's true. It, he's everything, I guess. It's true that opposites attract, and so most of us are married to somebody who has a totally different personality ma makeup than ours. And did you know that we're even from different countries? We learned about this at a Laugh Your Way to a Better Marriage seminar that we went to, and they taught us that some people are from the country of control, some are from the country of perfect, some are from the country of peace, and some are from the country of fun. And just as different countries have I'm various... I'm from control peace. He is. Yeah, I thought he'd be from the country of fun. She but thought no, I'd be from control. fun. I'm from control, but I like everything to be peace and work mm -hmm. out. And I like to have fun in the process. He likes to instruct people, which if you're married to somebody like that, it might bother you because it makes you feel like you're not doing things right. But it's, it's not a criticism. It's just how they are. They're She's like from the teachers. country of perfect peace. I, I am from the country of perfect, so... And so she gets up, and the country of perfect is task-driven. I don't know, but I am task-driven. Yes. So it has all these tasks. So they have all these areas of tasks. So she gets up and gives me a list before she says hello. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm trying. But, 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 but what we're saying is what we learned out. So that we, we went through this through Mark Gunger's marriage thing. And what we learned is that our personalities are so different, but it identified our personalities. When you read the five personalities there, but being from those different countries, it broke it down in a different way. And we did what they had the flag page, it was called. And so we actually found out what each other's strengths and weaknesses are. So for me, expecting her to be something that she's not gifted to be, and by understanding how she operates, that's just the way she is. So I'm no longer frustrated by the task-driven side of her. Because she's task-driven, she's an amazing administrator, organizer, doing that, be able to do things. If you work with her at the Courage Dinner and doing all that stuff and things we've done around here, you work with her in children's ministry, and you think, man, she's texting me, she's on me, she's in this, she's doing that, because that makes her super organized. Hey, listen to me. I am, it'll work out. And it usually does. That's the frustrating thing. <laughs> My kind of people, we work so hard to make something happen. And his kind of people, I mean, he, he plan, I mean, they work, but, but they <laughs> well, don't you, worry. They don't stress. They just case a rasa ra. And then at the 11th hour, they're like, wow, this awesome thing happened. And, the, and this, is gonna, this is how it's going to work out. And God provided this and that. And I'm thinking, well, why do I have to freak out and stress and pull my hair out for That's weeks? That's what I want to yeah, know. I, know. I don't know. It's just, it's just how we're wired. Amen. It's not fair. Anyhow, okay, okay. Here we go. So, and if all of those things I just talked about is not enough for us to be different, we're different because we are men and women, and our brains are hardwired differently. So, we're just not going to ever be the same. And um, having said all of that, I have to say that we can't expect everyone to see and do things the exact same way that we see and do things. But a lot of us, like myself, we have a tendency to think that the way I do things is the right way. So if you don't do it the way I do it, you're doing it wrong. That's all I'm saying. And I used to be frustrated by people who weren't like me. I like things to be organized. I'm very task-oriented. I'm a total rule follower. We went to a, a women in ministry retreat a while back. And they play. I hate games, but they played this game 
where they passed, I think it was saran wrap or something down every row, and then they put a candy bar on the end, and we had to move the candy bar down the row without touching it, and whoever got to the end first, they would win. I thought it was stupid, but whatever. So we're playing the game, and all these people in the rows in front of me are grabbing their candy bars and throwing them to the end of the line, and I'm like, no, you're breaking the rules. This is wrong, and you are ministers. You are preachers of the gospel, and if you win, how can you do it with a clear conscience? You cheated. But anyhow, and about that time, I'm thinking I could never work with these kind of people. The person I went with grabbed our candy bar and threw it to the end of the row, and then I'm like, oh, chill out, Sue. They're just having fun. It's no big deal, but that's, that's me. That's how I am. And so um, if the people that I live with or work with appear to be undisciplined, disorganized, rule-breaking, last-minute people, I thought they were broken. But then I realized that, you know what? I wasn't (coughs) like them either. They're outgoing, optimistic, creative, fun-loving, great communicators. They have boundless energy and many other talents and abilities that I will never have, and the world would be a much sadder place without. So we need to give each other some grace. Let's release our grip a little on how other people do things, realizing that God did not create us all to think and act alike. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 talks about how strange and lacking our bodies would be if we were all a giant eye or we were all a giant ear. I mean, could you imagine a giant eye and a giant ear sitting up here today? (laughs) But all of the parts of our body are different. They're all important, and that's the way it is in the human race. So when we lower our expectations of those in our lives and eliminate our sense of entitlement, we may find ourselves more surprised and delighted at the actions others take due to our lack of expectations. Amen. That's awesome. You should do this more often. Amen. All right. Listen to this. Conflicts are a result of unmet expectations, which are the source of all suffering. Sounds like a pretty bold blanket statement, but really, a lot of our conflicts just simply flow from this major key area. A lot of other things are surface symptoms. When you get right down to the root cause that we're trying to talk about here, unmet expectations become a huge issue behind the conflict that we have. This little statement, and there's a, let me just say this in this area there. This doesn't mean you cannot have expectations, especially in different areas. But let me kind of put it to you like this. How many know on a job, there's a job description that you get hired for? And your employer is going to expect you and has the right to expect you to perform at that job and to do the task that you are being paid to do, Right? So you're being paid. So those expectations are natural expectations. And then when you go up, you want a higher level, there's more expectations, more responsibility, more requirements placed upon you. And there's a performance that's connected to that. And so when you do evaluations, job evaluations, those are performance evaluations, those type of things, that, that's a good area. But in relationships, nobody's being paid to be in relationship with you. You understand that? And so it's different. I can't have job expectations for people that I'm in relationship who are volunteering to be there. Are you with me? But, the, but there is a standard, but that doesn't mean also with that explanation. This is a, a, a kind of a, a, a razor's edge that we live upon here in this area of expectation. Because I can't go, well, don't expect anything up of me. Don't judge me. Don't do that. No, that's just you being flaky and getting your way. Amen? 
which is really your own self-desire, and then it goes back to that if people are expecting you to be mature, to be responsible, to be adult, there's areas where we expect people to basically grow up, amen? Well, then if people are doing that, then my expectation is you shouldn't want me to be what you want me to be, and so then that frustration, it still goes back to and becomes an unmet expectation. Are you listening to me? So important that we get that. And so looking at relationships only for what you can get out of them is purely selfish. If we're only seeing our unmet needs and expectations, it's possible that we are only seen through our selfish motives. True love sees, serves, and gives. It's the pattern God has set for us and the model that Jesus gave to us because God is love. For time's sake this morning, I can't read these scriptures, but I put them here in this, uh, in this context this morning, and uh, I'll read one to you, and that's going to be uh, out of, uh, let me get to it here. Maybe. 1 John chapter 4, verses 7 through 11 out of the Contemporary English Bibles. It says, Dear friends, Let us love each other because love is from God and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. The person who doesn't love doesn't know God because God is love. This is how the love of God is revealed to us. God has sent His only Son into the world so that we can live through Him. This is love. It's not that love... It's not that we love God, but that He loved us and sent His Son as a sacrifice that deals with our sins. Dear friend, if God loved us this way, we also ought to love each other. How many know the love of God comes with no expectations placed upon it? How many know being saved by grace means that God didn't set a level of expectation? He loves you by grace, not by performance. Expectations are when we get discouraged by people's performance, how we think they should perform in relationship. Amen? And so we guard our hearts against that. See, Jesus, what did Jesus do, we ask ourselves? He demonstrated the greatest love of all. There's no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friend. Think about that. Love puts the other person and their needs first above our own expectations. If I love somebody, and uh, I'll tell you, a lot of what, uh, in areas of this and even dealing with, looking back on my own life, I had expectations. You heard me say in the first message on this, I had expectations in relationship. Those expectations weren't being met. That relationship failed. And when I came into this relationship, my only expectation is, is I wanted to learn what my life what my wife liked. I wanted to understand her. I wanted to know what she was. I wanted to know how to give myself to her. Amen. And to minister to her. And so you keep that at the forefront. And so if you sow, how many know you always receive? Amen. So learning to do that. Praise the Lord. And so as for you, Galatians 5 verses 13 says, as for you from the Good News Translation, my friends, you were called to be free, but do not let this freedom become an excuse for you letting your personal, for letting your physical desires control you. Instead, let love make you serve one another. So what that means, my desires become secondary to the needs of my partner or even in the relationship that I'm in. Amen? And so, working in that level. So, in this area, this is how we know that we love 
what love is, Jesus Christ laid down his own life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. So we have personal relationships, but just in this relationship right here, being able to give. So many times, like I said before, once you start getting into connection and relationship, so many people expect different things to different people. We try to do our best. The way we greet people, the way we welcome people, want to give a gift. People walk in, we want them to feel welcome, want to do all that. But there are people who go, they, 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 they welcome me too much. Those people wouldn't leave me alone. So whatever. Oh, man, you can't win. Hallelujah. So I, it, uh, Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 13, 5 says this from the NIV. It says, it, love, does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It's not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrong. So how do we deal with this? Unmet expectations breed frustration. What unrealistic expectations, I need to ask myself, do I need to let go of today? In your relationship, wherever you are, maybe when it comes to church, maybe when it comes in your marriage, relationships, friendships, and that. What unmet expectations do you just need to let go of? Maybe you need to find out and really look at people. Maybe they have great giftings and abilities, and I'm letting that frustrate me instead of drawing upon that. Amen? My wife is so organized. Uh, man, I, I don't, since the beginning, she's handled all of our finances. If I handled our finances, we would be a mess. Amen. We'd be a mess. But she is so organized and so structured. She has everything put out. She has every little columns for every place that we have. We have savings for this, saving for that. She has it all broken down. All these we have this for that. It is awesome. Amen. Because God gave me what I lacked. Amen. But if I get frustrated, but that shows up in other areas. But if we allow that to frustrate us, we also miss the blessing. Because when people, when we uh, don't receive that gift, then that gift shuts down. Our expectation, unrealistic expectation, that person to be more like us causes their natural gifting to shut down. And we don't receive that blessing. So take some practical steps. You can follow along in your outline there. Take some practical steps to evaluate your unmet needs and expectations in your relationship. First, consider that maybe your unmet needs and expectations just might be being met after all. And that maybe you just haven't recognized the attempts. I'm so focused on... What I, the way I think it should be done, I'm not even recognizing the person is attempting to try to do that. If I'd open my eyes, I'd actually see they are doing that. Next, recognize and learn that when your unmet needs and expectations might actually be unrealistic expectations. Sometimes we're just expecting it just, man, that's just not realistic to expect of another person regardless of where that is. Amen? And then communicate and tell your spouse what your needs and desires are. Yes. I'm organized, but I'm organized people can be very boring too. So he always tells me that if I didn't have him in my life, my life would be really boring. And he and he's probably right. So <laughs> we compliment each other. All right, just real short on unrealistic expectations. You know, sometimes if you I'm the hot sauce in her chili. <laughs> Sometimes, uh, and maybe this, uh, maybe younger couples can relate to this that haven't lived, you know, been married for as long. But if your dad was the type that fixed everything, he always fixed the car if something was wrong, he fixed the washing machine, whatever, then sometimes you might expect your husband to be able to do all of that. But you know what? Not everybody is gifted in that hands on stuff. Or maybe they just don't have the time to do it and they got the money to hire somebody. So, you know, don't have the unrealistic expectations that they're going to do it just the way like your dad did it. 
Same thing maybe with guys with their wife. If your mom was the one that stayed at home and she always had the laundry done and the house spotless and the meals ready and all that, well, maybe your wife works full-time like you do. So it's probably not going to be the same as it was with your mom. And maybe one of you is a stay-at-home parent and one of you is the working parent. And if you're the parent that goes out in the world and works and if the stay-at-home parent has toddlers that aren't in school yet, let me tell you, they're working really hard, probably just as hard as you are at work. And when they come, when, when you come home from work, from the outside job, it would be super smart if you guys work together on the evening chores, you know, whether it's cooking up, cleaning up, getting the kids to bed, whatever. And that goes a long ways. Um, there was a thing we didn't, we had so much to put in here that we didn't put in that was a part that, uh, this just little three-word thing. Expectations without observation produces frustration. When you walk in with expectation, but you don't observe what's gone on in that person's life for the day, but you expect them to have met that need, expectation without observation will always produce frustration. Okay? And so just uh, keep that in mind. That's free. That's not in your outline. And then limit or eliminate your exposure to things that cause you to develop unreal expectations. Um, you have to know that, you know, today we live in a social media world. And um, what you see on social media is not a full picture of the real world, let me tell you. And so sometimes people fabricate, a lot of people, this ideal identity online, whether they do it on purpose or not, I don't know, but they only choose to show the highlights of their life, but they don't show any of the lowlights. And then we start comparing ourselves with that, and we think, wow, my life really stinks, you know? But um, you can't measure your relationships with what you see on social media, because that's not a totally realistic world. Let me say this. Do your life in person, not through media or machines, okay? <laughs> Let's talk. Uh, texting is not a conversation. It's a transfer of information. Conversation is eye-to-eye, face-to-face, where, where you can see somebody's face. Too many people are getting upset, in, in even in everything, because we're texting by relationship, and you have no idea... That, that what the, how it was said, what it's being expressed, you can't respond, you're, and you're making assumptions over the statement that was made, and you're placing emotions into that and reading things into that. It is unrealistic conversation. It's an aid. It's not an answer. Amen? All right. And so we're, see, we're seeing a lot of stuff getting messed up because everybody's communicating through media devices and we're no longer having sit-down, face-to-face conversations. Amen. We can, I, don't have, I don't have to talk to you. I can email you. I can message you on Facebook. I can text you. I can do whatever. I can put an Instagram picture or something up there, and I think I've communicated with you. No, you've not. You've had an exchange with a device. Amen. All right, thank you for that holy hush. Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. So watch this. Um, if you have been disappointed in relationships, ask yourself, what have I brought to the table? Have I been putting in what I expect to get out? Are you putting in? What have you brought to the table in your relationship other than expectations? What am I putting into this? 
What am I getting now? And, and we are coming out of, we've learned a lot over the years. Many people my age, our parents was that the mom stayed at home and that the dad came home. He was the breadwinner. Dad came home. Dinner was ready. We had all these. And we were raised under this. And we watched dad sit and mom served him and did all these other things and doing that. And I heard another great comment on that because one lady was being criticized. Little grandma was being criticized about waiting on her husband too much and doing all these different things. And she just said, you know what? I realized years ago that our children are going to grow up and they're going to leave home and it's just going to be the two of us so I'll make sure when it's just the two of us we have a great relationship together and so that person was sowing towards their future but we've had role models and examples set for us that really may not fit into the culture today because of the cost of living another thing and raising a family and doing another thing it really becomes almost expedient for both couple both both the husband and the wife to have to work to bring income into the house just to survive and meet the needs amen and so that changes the scenario sue was saying don't expect somebody to do something or to be the mom or to be the father that your parents or their grandparents modeled before you so what have you brought to the table in that area honey um what if your marital expectations are clear and they're realistic but your spouse still lets you down this phenomenon occurs because we all tend to expect our imperfect spouse to act perfectly. And as I said earlier, sometimes we need to offer some grace. I believe that God intends for spouses to walk through life together, carrying each other when they can't walk alone, and spurring each other on as they take steps that are exciting and sometimes scary. But I don't believe that God intended spouses to meet all of each other's needs. That's Jesus' job. Amen. A few months ago, I read something in our God's Word for Today, the little devotionals that we pass out here at the church, and I thought it was a pretty good piece of advice for men and women. It's a, it's a woman writing this, but um, everybody can use this. And you can use it in, like I said, relationships across the board. A grandmother celebrating her 50th wedding anniversary shared the secret of her long and happy relationship. On my wedding day, I decided to make a list of 10 of my husband's faults, which for the sake of our marriage, I would overlook. I never did get around to listing any. Each time he did something I didn't like, I'd say to myself, lucky for him, that's one of the 10. When someone upsets you, instead of responding with angry words or angry silence, remind yourself that God is giving you another opportunity to grow in grace. Amen. So what do we do? Next, make this your goal. Work on becoming a better person instead of wanting a better person. Okay? Work on becoming a better person instead of wanting a better person. I've said it before. We need to try to become the kind of person that the kind of person we want to be with would want to be with. I want to be with that kind of person. Well, would that kind of person want to be with the kind of person you are? So you have to become the kind of person that the kind of person you want to be with would want to be with you. The only way you can do that is by working on yourself. Amen? As I said at the beginning, the only person you can change in a relationship is yourself. And it's amazing what happens when we change, everything around us changes. Amen? Amen. So I know that that's a mouthful. The point is start focusing inwardly instead of outwardly. Focus on you, not them. Do you find yourself anxious, frazzled, angry, or overwhelmed much of the time? Nobody wants to be around that kind of crazy energy, and chances are you don't enjoy 
being the one with that kind of crazy energy. I know because I've been that person, the frazzled, overwhelmed one. But through Christ, we have the power to get rid of those emotions. Whenever you start feeling those negative emotions and tension, take a deep breath and let it go. Psalm chapter, I mean, Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7 says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. So when you're facing an unmet expectation, start talking to God about it. I heard one lady say that somebody gave her the advice to go for a walk and talk to herself about it, but she said, then I just found myself throwing javelins at my spouse in my talk when I'm talking to myself. She said, but if I talk to God about it, James chapter 4 and verse 6 says, God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. When we humble ourselves before God and respectfully talk to him about a matter, he really does give us grace. And that grace presents prevents a small gust of anger from turning into a tornado of destructive words. After you talk to God, you'll be better prepared to talk to the other person that's involved. Talk humbly, yet frankly, about your feelings and it, to God, and it puts you in a more civil state of mind to talk to the other person. Proverbs 15, chapter 1 says, A gentle answer deflects anger, but harsh words make tempers flare. So it's much better if you're going to talk about the expectations with the spouse, if you can do it with a, a, a gentle a gentle voice, a gentle outlook. So talk to God first. Amen. So the question is, what to do with unmet expectation? That's a big question. We all deal with them. How do we do it? So we found a little chart that would make it easier. So it kind of looks like this. Okay. It's really the completed model. There's a complete model up there that you can follow guide but you really look at uh, you're not going to find a pattern to that because you're dealing with people amen every relationship is individual so you're dealing with individuals every individual deal deserves you deserve I deserve everybody in this room deserves to be dealt with on an individual basis not according to some chart or some pattern so here are some areas that we can look at Proverbs 4:23. keep and guard your heart with all vigilance and above all that you guard, for out of it flows the springs of life. Unmet expectations contaminate your heart. Because those unmet expectations, as we said earlier, turn into bitterness and resentment. And that's a poison in your own heart. And when we carry that, what you've heard it said, offense is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. So when we carry that in our life. Proverbs 13, 12 says, hope deferred makes the heart sick. But when the desire is fulfilled, it is a tree of life. When I have unbalanced uh, hopes, when my hope is based upon un my unmet expectation or unrealistic expectation being placed on somebody else, then that causes my hope to be deferred. I get sick, and then I become a carrier, and I expose others to that uh, virus as well. So what do I do with my unmet expectations? First of all, Bill, if you come back to the keyboard this morning. First of all, seek forgiveness and restoration. How do you deal with unmet expectations? Seek forgiveness and, and restoration. Ask for forgiveness from people for expecting things of them and that. And uh, I shared it with the men in our Bible study. My first marriage failed because I expected Sean's mom to become everything and enjoy everything I like. 
I never recognized her individuality and her as a person individually. I wanted her to like everything I do, do everything I do. I had unrealistic expectations. And so as a result, within 18 months, our marriage failed. Even though we had a child together, a child was enough to keep two people together with unrealistic expectations. Are you listening to me? And so as a result, I went back after that, and I went back and asked her to forgive me. And so over the years, you've seen Sean's mom come and be here and do things. When she came out for the anniversary, Kathy stayed in our home. We picked her up. We have relationship together. We have friendship together. Even though we have brokenness and failure in our path, you can have forgiveness and restoration. Amen? So seek forgiveness and restoration. Secondly, uh, uh, I went too far. Remove your imposed expectations off of other people. Give them up, guys. Give them up. Thirdly, purpose to sow to receive. Amen. I receive more sowing into my wife. She releases me to do the thing. She doesn't have to play golf with me. She doesn't have to hunt and fish with me, do all those things. But I enjoy doing the things with her and other things we do. We found other things that we enjoy doing together. We're going to leave Tuesday and go sit at a campfire. Amen. We love camping together. We love doing other things together and things like that. Going around and hanging out together. We found things that we have common in unity together and we sow into that. And that enables us and, and frees us to let each other do things and have their individuality. Amen. And so you learn to do that. Number four, begin to communicate on a new level. Talk about your expectation. If you don't say it, how will they know it? And lastly, number five. Realize and understand that the person you married loves you. Wants the best for you. Wants you to be happy and fulfilled. But they're different than you and may not always be able to give you what you want. But hear this. But they can give you what they have. Hear me this morning. People in relationship, not just your spouse. People can't always give you what you want, but they can give you what they have. And that's greater than any unmet expectation you have. How many could say amen? Stand with me this morning. I want you to hear this prayer. This is a great prayer for any marriage or relationship, especially for a marriage. It would just be this. Father, thank you for our marriage. I pray that we will be able to clearly communicate through our expectations. That our expectations will not become idols in our lives that would cause us to sacrifice our relationship upon the altar of personal desire. Help us to be flexible and confident in our relationship, regardless of unmet needs and expectations. If we hurt each other because of unmet needs and expectations, help us to communicate and forgive without being rude. And to always keep you centered in our hearts and in our home. Father, bless our life together. In Jesus' name, amen. Bow your heads with me this morning. Father, I pray over every family, over every person, every individual in this room this morning. Father, you created us for connection. And Lord, today we've tried to expose this one tool that the enemy uses so efficiently and effectively in tearing down relationships. Father, I pray today that somebody heard something that will help them in their relationship, whether it's in their home, whether it's on their job, whether it's in how they interact in the body of Christ, in church, and fellowship together. Father, help us by the power and the grace of your Spirit working in our life. Help us to release people 
from our unmet expectations that we would place upon them and expectations that we think they should fulfill that only you can do in our life. Father, help us to keep you as the desire of our heart in every area and in every situation. So, Lord, we bless you today. We pray your blessing over your people. We pray you would strengthen them, encourage them, cover them, protect them, prosper them, and use them for your glory. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen.